Blessed Lent, and a big welcome to this week's episode of The Divine Lantern. Under the blessing of His Eminence, Metropolitan Basilios, the Antiochian Orthodox Archdiocese presents a podcast to educate, empower, and enrich. I'm your host, Atticus, from St. Nicholas Antiochian Orthodox Church in New South Wales. In this week's episode, we will be joined by Reverend Father Nabil Khashab from St. George Antiochian Orthodox Church in New South Wales, who will be providing a sermon from the Gospel of Mark as read on the Sunday of the Holy Cross. This will be followed by short readings from our Philocalic Nourishment series, as well as a selected chanting track. We will then conclude today's episode with our Lives of the Saints series, as read by a member of our Archdiocese. Gospel reading according to St. Mark, chapter 8, verses 34 to 38, and chapter 9, verse 1. The Lord said, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man? to gain the whole world and forfeit his life. For what can a man give in return for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed, when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And he said to them, Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God come with power. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. The reason the Church brings the Holy Cross in procession among the faithful on the third Sunday of Lent is to give them hope and strength that they may continue with the rigor of fasting and prayers. As we bow down to the ground in adoration to the Holy Cross, we do not stay down, we raise up, And in raising up again, we glorify his holy resurrection. This resurrection is the hope that we hold on to with faith and joy. 
This is the whole act of salvation culminating on the cross and at the life-giving tomb. The tomb which could not contain the giver of life, as we bow down before the cross, as we kiss it, it is important to also recall its meaning. What does the cross tell us? To what does it call us? Let us remember the cross as a choice on which everything else in the world hangs, and without which everything in the world would otherwise be a triumph of darkness and evil. After Christ's cross comes my cross, of which Christ said, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Mark 8.34 We need to learn from Christ himself, who was obedient and humble. According to St. Paul in his letter to the Philippians 2 verses 8, being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. In the Gospel of today, Christ gives us the freedom of choice, whether we want to follow him or not. However, if we decide to follow him, to belong to him, there is a prerequisite. We must carry our cross, we must follow him, and we must endure the suffering and the pain that we may encounter. To state it plainly, the cross must always be the center of our life. It is evident that Christ and the cross are inseparable. The questions before us today need a serious and responsible answers. Do we want to follow Christ and apply his teachings on a daily basis? Are we obedient and humble enough to carry the cross? Are we prepared to sacrifice and carry one another's burden? Have we made the choice that we are called upon to make? Christ had no God in him. He carried the cross on our behalf in order to redeem us. Are we willing to accept the faults of others, care for them and forgive them out of pure love? This is the love of the crucified Christ, the true love and action. In the letter to the Hebrews, we read that Christ is priest forever. By his death on the cross, Christ revealed the greatness of his priesthood by becoming himself the offering to the Father. We conclude the service with the procession of the Holy Cross. The entire aim is to unite ourselves to him. How do we achieve this unity? The answer is given to us in the Gospel of today. First of all, we need to deny ourselves and accept to carry our cross. We need to say no to our passions and to our self-indulgences and desires. We need to pull down the walls that stops us from seeing Christ as the whole pivot of our life. We must not miss the mark as we journey towards him. We must not enter through the wide gate. We must not forget that he is the way, the life and the resurrection. Our weakness can divert us from our goal. 
That is why we must empower ourselves to counteract these weaknesses. The only way to do so is to deny ourselves for Christ's sake and his gospel, because we love him. A selfish person has no love for Christ and therefore has no love to share with others. Christ continued on to say, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? All the riches, all the power, all the pleasures of life to no avail are to no avail if we lose ourselves. If we cease to belong to Christ, who is the source of life and joy, we can exist, but we are not living. We are dead, although we are alive. One repentant sinner said, Nothing under the sun can be compared to the joy of knowing Christ, his mercy and his love. Nothing can be compared to the grace of God that we receive from him, as he is the only lover of mankind. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. One of my favorite sayings of St. Paul speaks about where he speaks about his pride and love for Christ, expressed in his letter to the Galatians, where he says, But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Galatians 6.14 Also in Galatians 2.20 he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live In the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If we do not think like St. Paul and proclaim it, then Christ will be ashamed of us when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. To attain to this height, we need to practice prayers in silence. We need to humble ourselves and contemplate. We need to be like the publican acknowledging our shortfall and see God's mercy. In silence, we must gaze at the cross, looking at the crucified Christ depicted on it. The icon for us is not an artwork, rather it is a colored language that speaks to us expressing our faith. In silence, We look at the cross and we wait to hear something that will give us the power to surpass the suffering that emanates from it, leading us to the joy of the empty tomb. The gospel concluded by Jesus saying, Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God come with power. Mark 9.1 Christ was referring to his glory to be manifested at the transfiguration, during which some of the disciples partially witnessed. They were not fully purified to behold the full glory of the transfigured Christ. The kingdom is already inaugurated by Christ 
but our sins prevent us from seeing it clearly. The faithful person who denies himself and purifies his heart will experience the kingdom of God come with power in his life, here and now. And he will not taste death because he no longer lives, but rather the order of life lives in him. When Moses struck his rod in the shape of a cross in the Red Sea, he liberated the Hebrews from the life of slavery and led them to the promised land. The cross of Christ liberated us from death to eternal life and led us into the new Jerusalem. Beloved in Christ, let us continue the walk with perseverance. For those of us who are still onlookers, it is not too late to embark on this blessed journey. Give yourself an opportunity. Begin to fast and pray. Participate in the church services and spiritual talks that is offered at your local church. Listen to the Divine Lantern podcast offered by our Archdiocese. Introduce this new spiritual outlet to others. Be a disciple for Christ and serve him with gladness. Today is another station leading us to Golgotha and then to the Holy Sepulchre. The entire following week is known as the week of the cross, preparing us for this divine vision, where together we can see the light that is never taken by darkness. Together we can discover the empty tomb, and together we can proclaim the good tidings of the angels. He is not here. He is risen. Go and proclaim it. Amen. Thank you, Father Nabil, for that enlightening sermon. And now, a reading from the Philokalia. Take your weekly spiritual dose and reflect on the words of our holy Neptic Fathers with this week's Philokalic nourishment. The person struggling to enter the kingdom of God must excel in works of righteousness, in almsgiving by providing out of his own paucity and in suffering for the sake of peace by responding to trials with patient endurance in the Lord. Elias the Presbyter A ship does not go far without water, and there is no progress whatsoever in the guarding of the intellect without watchfulness, humility, and the Jesus Prayer. Saint Hezekios the Priest Do not say, I don't want it, but it happens, for even though you may not want the thing itself, yet you welcome what causes it. St. Mark the Ascetic This coming Sunday, the third Sunday of the fast, we keep the feast of the veneration of the honourable and life-creating cross. Let the whole world entire worship the Holy Cross through which it truly knew to worship you, O Word. Every hard and strenuous work is accomplished with great difficulty, which appears especially in the middle of such work. For the effort in this performance brings with it fatigue 
which the accomplishment of the rest is difficult. Every hard and strenuous work is accomplished with great difficulty, which appears especially in the middle of such work. For the effort in this performance brings with it fatigue, which makes the accomplishment of the rest difficult. Having arrived with God's grace at the middle of the fast, our compassionate mother, the Holy Orthodox Church, thought fit to reveal to us the Holy Cross as the joy of the world and power of the faithful to help us carry on the struggles of the divine fast. By its power, O Christ our God, preserve us from the crafty designs of the evil one and account us worthy to worship your divine passion and life-giving resurrection. As we achieve the course of the 40 days with ease and have mercy on us as you alone are good and the lover of mankind. Amen. God is the Lord and has revealed himself to us. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. God is the Lord and has revealed himself to us. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. All nations compassed me about, but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. God is the Lord and has revealed himself to us. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. to us. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. The stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. God is the Lord and has revealed himself to us. Blessed is he that comes in the to the faithful victory over all adversaries and by the power of thy cross preserve thine The following segment is a reading from the Lives of the Saints, or Synaxarion. We have chosen to begin our first collection of readings on the lives of Antiochian saints, of which we are thankful to bring a selected number of edifying accounts. We hope that these Synaxarions 
will encourage you to put on the likeness of Christ, as did these vessels of grace. On the 8th of October, we remember a holy mother, Palahia, the repentant harlot. Saint Palahia lived at Antioch in the second half of the 5th century, where she was the best-known harlot of that great city. Her devotion to dancing and unchaste pleasures made her a great fortune that she spent entirely on adorning her body with costly raiments and voluptuous perfumes in order to attract new victims into her net. She had many slaves and servants who escorted her whenever, seated in a luxurious chariot, she went about the city. One day, the Archbishop of Antioch invited Nonus the holy bishop of Edessa, to address some of his bishops in the church of St. Julian, for he was a man of inspired utterance, able to bring those who heard him to repentance and love of virtue. It so happened that Pelahia, with her usual retinue, passed by the doors of the church near where Nonus was speaking. While the other bishops and pious folk averted their eyes, Nonus looked upon the woman and wept, saying to them, Woe unto us, lazy and careless people, who will have to give account at the day of judgment for not having been as zealous and careful to please God as this poor woman had been to adorn her body for fleeting pleasure. And he prayed fervently to the Lord for her conversion. Palahia was among those who listened to Nonus as he preached on the Holy Gospel at divine service next day. When he said about the last judgment and everlasting punishment, struck her like a rapier thrust to the heart and awoke in her a love for the heavenly bridegroom, which is the only true love. On her return to her palace, she wrote to the Holy Bishop, asking him to receive her and not to scorn her for her depravity if he were a true disciple of whom who came to call, not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Nonus answered that if she had truly resolved to repent, she should come to church and confess her offences before the whole congregation of clergy and people. Pelahia seized the opportunity and hastened to the church, forgetful of all her pride and pomp. She threw herself at the feet of the bishop and begged him for regeneration to eternal life in holy baptism, lest the devil and habit draw her back again to sinful ways. The whole city of Antioch rejoiced at the baptism of Pelahia. A nun called Romana undertook to guide her first steps in spiritual warfare and the life of repentance. And so, by prayer and the sign of the cross, Pelahia overcame the temptations to return to her sinful life that were not slow to make their appearance. Some days after her baptism, she gave away all of her wealth to the poor and freed her slaves. Then free of every worldly tie and clad like a poor man in rough clothing, she departed for the Holy Land, unknown to all, to lead the ascetic life on the Mount of Olives. She remained for many years in a little cell, 
struggling each day against the passions that were deeply rooted in her body and devoting all the care that she had once taken over her outward appearance to adorning her soul for everlasting life. Despite her solitary life, Palahia's valiant spiritual struggle became well known to the other ascetics of Palestine. They did not know, however, that she was in fact a woman. When the holy penitent gave her soul in peace to God, all the monks thereabouts gathered to venerate her holy relics. And they gave great glory to God when a disciple of Nonus told them the true story of Palahia's life. For it teaches all who are engulfed in the darkness of sin not to despair, but to set out courageously on the road of repentance. Through the prayers of your saints, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Amen. As we come to the end of this week's podcast, we bring you some exciting news. With the blessing of His Eminence, Metropolitan Basilios, the Department of Music presents the Antiochian Byzantine Music School. This will be a wonderful opportunity to train, develop and grow your Byzantine music skills. New applicants will be assessed based on their current Byzantine music knowledge and it's aimed for students aged 16 to 50 years old. If you're interested, if you're keen, if you'd like more information or to apply, please see us at www.antiochian.org.au forward slash ABMS. That's www.antiochian.org.au slash ABMS. A big thank you to all our listeners as we conclude this week's episode of The Divine Lantern. Be sure to subscribe to our channel on your favourite podcast provider. For more information on our Archdiocese, follow us on our social platforms by searching Antiochian Orthodox Archdiocese Australia. Blessed Lent and bye for now.